If you didn't bring a Bible with you today, would you raise your hand? Our ushers would be glad to loan you one of ours. And let's all go to 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter. And let's believe God together for utterance, for the anointing, for grace. You do know that it's not just all up to me, don't you? Utterance is greatly affected by the hearer. And, uh, of course, the Holy Spirit does his part and the big part. And if we'll do our part, everything will go good. First Timothy, the sixth chapter, First Timothy 6. For a few weeks now, we've been on this series we're calling, Would Jesus Wear a Rolex? <laughs> there are a lot of people who would answer very quickly and adamantly, no. And they are convinced that he would not, and nor should we. But they seem to fail to realize that that also means nor should they. If it's wrong for me, it's wrong for you. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, a lot of these people that have such strong feelings and comments about it are not even believers. Don't even go to church. Don't do anything for the Lord. How foolish would we be to let unbelievers tell us how believers should live? Hmm? You know, Brother uh, Lester Summerall, who's gone to be with the Lord, he said this one time, it just struck me as true and funny at the same time. He kind of bellowed it out. He said, other people's heads is no place for me to look for my happiness. <laughs> Other people's heads is no place to look for your happiness. If you live your life based on what you think other people think, or what they tell you they think, or what somebody said they think, oh, you're going to be in a mess. You always be trying to change to this one's expectations and that one's thought and this one's standard. And so many times they're not even trying to live by it themselves. What they say you should be doing. No, you better go to something more dependable for your standard. You better go to the word that does not change. Let it settle the questions. Let it be the standard. First Timothy, the sixth chapter. And the tenth verse has been our text. It says, For the love of money is the root of all evil. What's the root of all evil? As one translation said, all kinds of evil. You hear a lot of people misquote this, won't you? They say, the Bible, just like the Bible says, money is the root of all evil. Well, the Bible didn't say that. The Bible doesn't say money is the root of all evil. Yeah pretty much the same. No, no, not the same at all. You can love money and have none. Or it's possible you could have a lot of money, but not love it. Right? No, having money and loving money is not the same thing at all. And the problem is not the money, but loving it. 
coveting after. He said, why some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. The word covet means longing after, reaching for, loving something uh, more than is right. And uh, can loving money and loving things pull you out of the faith and away from the things of God and cause you to wind up pierced through on the inside? With many sorrows, many sorrows. You know, the, one of the clearest pictures of that is Judas. And we've seen that in uh, the different accounts we read. You know, he's the one that hollered the loudest about when uh, Mary gave that expensive gift to Jesus. And uh, you talking about, would Jesus wear a Rolex? Well, they didn't have Rolexes, but they did have expensive things. And Mary gave Jesus a super expensive personal gift. And he received it. Didn't he? In fact, he said he thought so much of it that he's going to see to it that everywhere the gospel was preached, it was going to be told about this gift that she gave to him. And Judas was the loudest one to talk and say, oh, oh, what a waste. What a waste. This could have been sold for $15,000, $20,000 and given to the poor. But the Bible said he didn't care about the poor. He said it because he was a thief. And he carried the bag that the money was in. He coveted that money. And yet he knew it was wrong to say, I want the money. He knew that was wrong. So he used a phony care for the poor as a cloak to cover his covetousness. And people are doing that same thing today. When they talk that way. And we see that he was so consumed with a desire for money. And yet this is a man that Jesus handpicked. Right? This is a man that's been in the ministry. That's heard the most amazing teaching and preaching. That's seen the most amazing miracles. And no doubt in the beginning of this, he was excited, as excited as the rest of them. But something happened to him. Something changed in him. And he got to where he didn't value the things that we just talked about like he should. And he got to the point where he sold Jesus out, betrayed him, and sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. And after that, he realized what a terrible thing he had done. And he went and threw the money down and went and hung himself. What a picture of somebody loving money and getting pulled away from faith and away from the things of God. And piercing themselves through with many sorrows. He was so tormented, he wanted to die. Because he had chosen money over the master. Well, now, friend, that's not the last time that's happened. It's happened untold times. And it'd be difficult to find a person of the age, past the age of understanding in this room today that has never coveted. You've coveted. I've coveted, longed for things that you shouldn't have, and reached for things, and, and they were more important in your life than the Lord was, than the things of the Lord was. They were more important to you than other people were, and it's wrong. Covetousness, Colossians 3, 5 says, is idolatry. It's like worshiping a false god. Something in your life is above the Lord, is above other people is above the things of the Lord. As we've said before, and I'll repeat it, 
Watch yourself about saying you love things. Break yourself from that. Don't say, I love my car. I love my house. I love my new dress. I love my new jewelry. I love, no, no. Someone says, well, you know, you know what I mean. No, do you know what you mean? It's not okay. You're supposed to love God and love people, not stuff. It's okay to enjoy stuff. It's okay to be thankful for stuff. It's okay to use it. But how many understand in just a little while, all this stuff is going to be ashes. None of it's going to last. You can't take any of it with you. It's only good to use for a little while. And how many understand, no matter how much you love a car, it will never love you back. No matter how much you love a house or you love a piece of jewelry, it's not going to love you back. No. So say it out loud. I love the Lord. I love the the work of God. I love people. I don't love money. I don't love stuff. Be on the watch for those kind of things. And don't yield to them. Don't give them any place. Turn with me, if you would, this morning over to Mark. The book of Mark, the 14th chapter. Mark 14. This is an important series. Did you know this? If you have any desire to prosper, you ought to be very interested in this. Because uh, this is something the Lord has put his finger on that is holding back people's prosperity. And uh, one of the big reasons I believe we're doing this, and from my heart, you can't, if you criticize and condemn something, you can't have it. You've judged yourself unworthy of it. And if you judge somebody else, what will happen? You will be judged if you say, oh man, what a waste of money. They should have put that in the gospel. They should do this. Somebody is going to be judged by those words, but it won't be them. (laughs) The Lord is going to judge you by the words you spoke concerning them. And so my desire is that you not miss out on the blessings and good things of God in this life, but that you don't criticize, you don't condemn, but that you rise up and eat the good of the land. And my desire for you is that you don't get judged, but you get mercy and grace. You desire the same thing? Then this is a very important series. Very important. We're a church that believes in prosperity. You did know that, right? (laughs) And we don't just believe in me prospering. We believe in you prospering. You. And can you see that the Lord is strengthening us in some areas? Like this knowing how to reap. See, all this is going together. He's moving us up into a place where we can live on a different level. Materially and financially. But the thing that's going to make you prosperous is not just more money and more stuff. You're going to prosper and be in health. How? Even as your soul prospers. You've got to prosper on the inside. 
You got to get rid of poverty mindedness. You got to get rid of judging and criticizing. You got to get rid of being jealous and being covetous. Right? That stuff will hold you out of the blessings of God. What if all of us became covetous free? And if somebody had more than us, we shouted about it. And we're genuinely glad. (laughs) All of us loved God and loved people. And there's not anything we had we wouldn't sow in a moment just like that. Not anything we got. We wouldn't do exactly what the Lord said to us on a moment's notice. What would happen to a group like that? I said, what would happen to a group like that? And a group that not only sowed liberally and gladly in faith, but a group that knew how to step out and obey God and reap, 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 reap. Man, we could become a powerhouse. A powerhouse for God. A powerful witness. And in getting and sending the gospel around the world. What could we do on the word supply with five billion dollars? What could you do? What could you do? Man, you could blanket a country. Couldn't you? (laughs) Well, all it takes is money. And faith. And if you got the faith, you can get the money. Mark 14, are you there? 14. Verse 3. Being in Bethany... In the house of Simon the lepers, he, Jesus said at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. There were some that had indignation within themselves, and they said, why was this waste of the ointment made? It might have been sold for more than 300 pence and been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. For wasting this money. Read verse uh, 4. There were some that had what? Indignation. Within themselves. They despised it. Didn't they? They despised it. And they said why was this waste of this ointment made? This could have been sold for $20,000. And how many people would that feed? And as we've said before, if as some people say, Jesus is opposed to his people having any nice things, this would have been the perfect place to make that point. Wouldn't it? This is the place. He could have said, sister, sister, what did you do? Haven't I taught y'all better than this? You know this is not what I... Wouldn't it have been the perfect place? And we'd all known. Don't have anything nice. Don't receive anything expensive or keep or have anything expensive. And yet, he's not the one that said that. Judas is the one that said it and had the problem with it. But I want you to see what's going on here. This is very, very serious. More than one of the disciples was carried away with this. And they said, what a waste. Why was this wasted? Now, what are they calling a waste? Wasted on who? 
wasted on Jesus. They're saying this is such a waste. Was it a waste? No. Such a waste. Such a waste. Now some of them had some inklings that Jesus was the Christ. A little bit. But most of them just saw him as a man of God. Most of them just saw him as a prophet maybe. But basically it's wasted on a preacher. (laughs) Right? And isn't that the same way a lot of people feel today? What a waste. What a waste. If a preacher has something nice or is able to use something nice. Uh, Something that uh, happened, uh, oh, what, a year or so ago now. Brother Jesse and Kathy Duplantis got their aircraft that they have now. They had had a couple of other small ones, but they, this was a medium-sized one that you could go overseas with. They'd never had anything like that. And, of course, they got offices overseas, and they go preach and do meetings overseas every year. And uh, so they got it. Not new, but nice. And uh, they had it refurbished and, and uh, painted and fixed it up real nice. And, and they were coming close by, and we wanted to see it. And, and they said, well, we'll meet you at the airport. So we went to meet them. And they came in and landed. Boy, that thing's shining, got new paint on it. We thought, oh, glory to God, glory to God. We just shouted with them. We sat down in it and all prayed over it, you know, and that it'd be a good tool and for the gospel and serve them well and not cause them problems, all that kind of thing. Well, there was uh, at the FBOs, kind of like the gas station at the airport that the planes come to, uh, there are guys that work on the line, come out and meet the planes and fuel it and all that kind of stuff. One of the guys there, Knew us. He knew me and he knew Brother Jesse. And he was just thrilled when the plane came in. He was so excited. He shouted around about it and, and he talked to me about it. Uh, but the guy he was working with was not so happy. <laughs> and they parked uh, Brother Jesse beside a Gulfstream 4. Now, a Gulfstream 4 is a large business jet, it dwarfed Brother Jesse's. And probably cost ten times the money. And the people that came in on that plane were, uh, we saw them come off, eight, ten people maybe, from a department store. If I call their name, you'd know them. They have a chain uh, around the nation of an upper end department store. And uh, the guy that knew us, the line guy, came around and man, he was mad. He was fuming. And the other guy had told him, he said, what does that preacher need with that? And it just, the way he said it and what he did, rubbed this guy the wrong way. He said, I'm going to punch him. (laughs) I said, no, brother, no. (laughs) Don't punch him. And it just came up out of my spirit. I said, he sees no value. In what we do. So to him. It's just a total waste. But now notice. He didn't think one thing. About the guys from the department store. Coming in. In a plane that dwarfed theirs. And cost ten times the money. Well no that's just. Yeah they business people. 
They need that. And you don't hear the news media making any deal. You know, it's expected that successful actors are going to fly to and from their multiple million dollar homes to the set where they're doing their movie in their private jet. That's expected. And on and on and on. It's okay. Well, no, they, you know, they need that and they're doing that. But for a preacher, what's the problem? They don't value, not just the preacher, they don't value the Word. What do preachers do? Real preachers preach. What do real preachers preach? They preach the Word. If the preacher's not important, the preaching's not important. If the preaching's not important, the Word's not important. Oh, friends, can you see this? I submit to you, there's nothing more important on the planet. We need major mind renewal in these areas, don't we? Go with me to Romans 10, please. What a waste, they said. Why? Because it was spent on a preacher, given to a preacher. What a waste. Could have been given to the poor. Could have been given to something that would help. <laughs> but this preacher, what a waste. Now there's quite a few people around that uh, think the world would be a much better place if all the preachers were removed. They absolutely despise preachers. And for that matter, churches. A lot of them believe there is no God. And so if you believe there's no God, then you're not going to see any benefit in preaching. And if there is no God and there is no heaven and there is no hell, then the only thing that matters is doing something natural for somebody right now. Anything else is a waste. But man is not just a body. Man is a spirit. God is real. Heaven is real. Hell is real. There's salvation in Jesus, and it comes through the preaching of the gospel. Do you believe it? Romans 10, are you there? Romans 10, verse 13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Is there anything more important? Not anything more important than this. For there is, excuse me, verse 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? What's the answer to that question? They won't. They won't. You've got to believe before you can call. And if you don't call, you won't be saved. How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? What's the answer? They won't. So what does that mean? Can't be saved. If you don't hear, you can't believe. And if you can't believe, you can't call. And if you can't call, you won't be saved. And how shall they hear without a department store? <laughs> huh? Without an actor. Hmm? 
Without what? A preacher. Are preachers important? How important are they? Can people be saved without them? That was weak. You want me to read it for you again? How shall they call if they haven't believed? How will they believe him who have not heard? How will they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. I think it's significant that Mary, Lazarus' sister, she broke that box on those feet. Glory to God. What feet? The feet that brought him and brought the word and brought salvation to their house and brought a miracle. Their bro- her brother is alive. He was dead and cold in the grave just hours, days before. And Judas has the audacity to say, what a waste. And other of the disciples were carried away with the same confusion and hypocrisy. What a waste. It's a good thing to help the poor. It's a needful thing. It's a good thing. It is not the most important thing. If you study the New Testament... You'll find that reference to the poor is about some 30 plus times. Reference to the gospel is over 500. What did Jesus spend most of his time doing? Teaching. Preaching. Ministering. In fact, when he was called to account, they were making false accusations. Jesus himself said, I was daily with you teaching in the temple. The Son of God. Daily. What did he do every day? Teach. Is there anything any more important? Why? You can't be saved without hearing the word. And without believing, you can't get free. You can't get deliverance without hearing the word. If the word's important, the preaching of the word's important. If the preaching of the word's important, the preacher is important. Now, the devil wants preachers despised. Why? Because he wants the message despised. They go hand in hand. You can't separate one for the other. Look in uh, 1 Corinthians. Let's look at two places here please. Was it wasted when she poured that on Jesus? It was not wasted. Go to 1 Corinthians please. The first chapter. 1 Corinthians. The first chapter. And the 18th verse. It says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish, what? Foolishness. Would that be similar to saying a waste? Waste of time. Foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it's what? It's not foolish and it's not a waste. It's the power of God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Look down in verse uh, 20. Where is the wise? 
Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Glory to God. I'm glad those guys got their Gulf Stream. Glad for them. They're selling cosmetics and clothes and shoes. Carry on. (laughs) Make a ton of money. Do it. But that little plane that brought Jess and Kathy is doing a far more important work than they will ever touch. Did you hear me? And yet, much of the world does not see it. They see no value in it. They think it's the biggest waste. Could have been spent on this. Could have been spent on that. Friend, your love for the Lord is directly revealed in your love for His Word. Turn with me to John, please. John, the 14th chapter. Your love for the Lord is directly revealed in your love for His Word. If you love Jesus, you love the Word. We can tell exactly how much you love Him by how much you love the Word. Because aren't you saying the same thing? How many remember John 1, 1? In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word... Was God the same was in the beginning with God? And there was not anything made that was made except by Him, by the Word. And the Word, verse 14, became flesh and dwelt among us. When you say, I love the Word more than anything, you just got through saying, I love Jesus more than anything. When you say the Word has first place in my life, when you say nothing is more important than the Word, you said nothing's more important than the Lord, than the Master. The preaching and teaching of the Word, the preaching and teaching of the Gospel, there's nothing more important going on on the planet. Do we really know that? Do we live with this awareness day in and day out? Billions are spent To find out if there's water on Mars. Nobody says a word about that. I got no problem with that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? (laughs) But just get a letter preacher, get a nice way to go, and oh man. Can you see it's the devil? The devil wants preachers despised not just for their personal sake he doesn't just want preachers despised what does he want preaching despised he wants the word despised he wants it to be so looked down on and despised that none of our children want to be one he wants people to believe that if you're going to be a preacher you got to live poverty stricken you got to be broke you got to be despised you got to be a beggar And what self-respecting young man or woman wants to be a beggar? Wants to live in poverty. 
all their life. Nobody wants to do that. Now you've got to be willing to give up anything and leave anything to pursue the work of God. But he did not ask us to take a vow of poverty. Jesus didn't. Paul didn't. Peter didn't. Moses didn't. David didn't. Solomon sure didn't. I reckon Solomon would wear a Rolex. What do you think? Are you kidding me? He had owned the factory. (laughs) John 14, are you there? John 14, 23. Jesus answered and said to him, If a man does what? If a man loves me, how can we tell? He will keep my words. My Father will love him. We'll come to him and make our abode with him. He that loves me not keeps not my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. Is the word precious? Oh, nothing more precious in time and eternity. You just said the same thing as saying nothing more precious than Jesus. He is the Word. And this written Word reveals Him. And the anointing by the Holy Spirit, our teacher, reveals the living Word. And He does it through gifts that He's given to men. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Revealing the Word to us. Is anything more precious? Should we value it? There's a common problem in the church. And it works on two areas. You got some preachers that think more highly of their self than they ought to. And then you got a lot of people that don't think highly enough of their preachers as they ought to. The Lord commanded us to know them that labor among us and are over us in the Lord. Esteem them very highly. Didn't he tell us to? In love for their work's sake. Now the preachers themselves are not supposed to think more highly of themselves. That's not their job. And you got preachers that are not worthy of the name. And it brings reproach on the whole occupation. There are preachers that are liars and thieves. They receive offerings for the work of God. And they spend it on themselves personally and lie. And they'll be judged. But it doesn't change the fact that there are real men of God. And there are real women of God. And how many know if you'll pay attention to the Holy Spirit, He'll lead you. So that you won't waste your seed on liars and thieves and those not worthy. There are real men and women of God that are willing to sacrifice everything. For the gospel. And these kind of people we should esteem. I know uh, the Lord enabled me and two of my brothers in the ministry. uh, Us, three of us preachers and our wives. To put Brother Hagin in a brand new top of the line vehicle. Before he went home to be with the Lord. One of the greatest thrills of my life. I mean we put every gold badge on it. And every trim we could put on him. He was thrilled. Enjoyed it. 
Why? God brought the word to us through that man. It's precious. Somebody says, yeah, but now that was Jesus that she was dumping that on. Look, Jesus sets the example for all the ministers that will ever follow him. And if we do it unto the others, we do it to him. He takes it personally. Is the word important? I said, is the word important? Nothing more important. Nothing more important. So we make no apology for having a nice building. We'll have nicer buildings yet. I mean, if we want to plate the uh, lavatories with gold leaf, don't say a word. Because there's nothing more important going on in this town or in this state than the preaching of the gospel. Not only in this church, but in all churches that really preach the gospel. Nothing more important. If we want to have a fleet of aircraft and a navy of ships and our own personal railroad, don't say a word. We don't care what you say. There's nothing more important going on than the preaching of the Word of God. Nothing. You can't waste money actually supporting the gospel. Well, the gospel is not preached by itself. Men preach it. Women preach it. How beautiful, the scripture said. Are the feet of them. I'm thinking about different individuals the Lord used to bring the word in my life and fill us in my life. I will forever be thankful. Having been in the ministry for a few years now, I know it's not as glamorous as some people think. And some of the challenges that go with it. And so I'm thankful to them to say, when you see somebody steady in the ministry decade after decade after decade, Friend, it is no small thing. I said it is no small thing. Many fall by the way in just a short time. Many don't stay with the word. Many don't stay after it. And when you see it, it's a precious gift from the Lord. It's something to be esteemed. It's something to be cared for. It's something to sow into. It's something to value. Do you believe it? Hallelujah. Said out loud, I love the word. I love the preaching of the word. Have you ever read Psalm 119? You know, the Bible said David was a, a man after God's own heart. Do you believe David loved the Lord? I mean, we're reading the Psalms right now, aren't we? And before long, we'll be reading this Psalm 119. But it's the longest Psalm in the Psalms. Long. What, 170 something verses? I mean, long. And just about every verse says something about the Word. He said, oh, how love I thy law. Oh, it's more precious to me than silver and gold. I rejoice at your Word as one that's found a great spoil. He goes on and on and on and on and on. 170-something verses. About how he loves the Word. What do we know? The man loved God. How do we know he loved God? Your love for God is shown directly by your love for the Word. I know Phyllis and I, our life was changed eternally when we came under the ministry of Kenneth E. Hagin. 
who's going to be with the Lord now. And one of the things that we got that is so precious, and a lot of you did too, from that ministry, is he taught and lived that the Word is first place. Now, a lot of people will say that, but don't really live that way. That when you find it in the Word, that's it. Discussion's over. Everything's settled. (laughs) The Word says it. This is how you live. This is it. I've had people come to me before and and want help and want advice and say, Brother Keith, you know, what about... And I gave them three verses that exactly answered what they asked me. And they looked at me and said, well, I'll pray about it. (laughs) Honey, ain't nothing to pray about. There it is. If the word's first place, it's settled. It's done. But with so many folk, even Christians, it's not first place. How they feel about it is first place. What they want is first place. What they want to do, they've already made up their mind. The word is not first place. And it actually shows their lack of love for the Lord. If the Lord's first place, His word's first place. And so you're hungry for His word. I said you're hungry for His word. No man or woman can call their self or anoint theirself, or give revelation to another man or woman. But God does call men and women, and He gives gifts to the body of Christ. And through them, He brings anointing, and manifestation of the Spirit, and the Word of God. Oh, I'm so thankful for those that have brought the Word to me. The Word of God dawns on your spirit, enlightens your eyes, and you see what you hadn't seen before. And the truth makes you free. You might have been in bondage, believing lies for years or decades. And it, I don't care how long the devil's built that stronghold in your life. When the word dawns on you and you believe it, it shatters that anointing in that word, that anointing in the, that comes off of that preaching and off of that teaching. It removes every burden. It destroys every yoke of bondage. Glory to God. And it sets you free. Is there anything more important going on on the planet? Nothing more important. Nothing more important. Nothing more valuable. Nothing more precious than the eternal, holy, wonderful Word of God. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Stand up on your feet, please. Oh, thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God. What is the Great Commission? Did anybody know? Hmm? Go into all the world. How many know he could have said other things if he'd have wanted to say? Hmm? He could have said, go into all the world and do this or do that, do this project. Do that. What did he say to do? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. And when he said that and he ascended, the Bible says, so they took off and they went everywhere preaching the word and the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Is there anything more important? Nothing more important. So we got a commission. We have got a task. We've got a mission statement already given us. What are we supposed to be doing in here? What are we supposed to be doing from here? Supposed to be going out of these. Thank God for these cameras. Thank God for the internet. Thank God for the printed page. Thank God for DVDs. Thank God for TV stations. How many think God could expand this thing and we could increase and we could grow? Hallelujah. 
And this is where our personal prosperity comes in. If we will really seek first the kingdom of God and see that the gospel is preached. See that the kingdom is expanded. What did he say? All these things that the unsaved world is working themselves silly for and trying to get will be added to you. That's not you having to add it to yourself. That's the Lord adding it to you. And what did the Bible say? Anybody that leaves things for the gospel's sake and the Lord's sake, Jesus said, you will receive now in this time a hundredfold. And he included houses, stuff. Hmm. But what do we got to do first? Come on, help me out now. What do we got to do first? Not build your house first. Not buy your car first. Right? Not get all the clothes you want first. Y'all with me? What do we do first? First, we got to preach the gospel. First, we got to get the word out. And in doing that, all these other things will be added to us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Close your eyes. Begin to lift up your hands. Let your heart be real open before the Lord. Let me lead you in this prayer. Lead you in this. Say it out loud. Father God. If I have not esteemed the word. The preaching of the word. The preachers of the word. I repent. I ask you. Help me to see. These things through your eyes. Help me to see what's really valuable, what's really precious to you. I know people are. I know their salvation is. And I know that salvation comes through the preaching of your word. It's precious to you, and it's most precious to me. And I choose... To let your word be first place, first above myself, above my family, above my children, above my business, above my job, above my hobbies, above my desires. Your word, number one, first place in my life. Above all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, how we love your word, Lord. Oh, how love I thy word. Your word is precious to me. Your word is holy to me. Your word is so valuable and precious to us. Oh, Lord, get glory to yourself. Let your word increase in this place. Let your word prevail above everything in this place until it permeates us all and goes out of these four walls around the world. Get glory to yourself in the furtherance of the gospel of the Master. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.